hold on, y'all. Sorry. I gotta just stop my cat from humping things. What a weird way to start. Let me start over. Okay, okay, hold on, let me get... Yo, you already know where you at. Let's go. Let's go. It's been a little while, but you already know what's going on. It's the Evil Eagle Hour podcast program, audio show, whatever you want to call it, where every episode is the first episode with Coach Cody Manawi. I'm your host, Knight, back again. Did you miss us? Took a little halftime break. Halfway through the season, had to take a little breather. But we are back, the overthinkers. If 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 there was an Olympics for overthinking, guaranteed we would be uh, we would be representing America, or maybe not. Maybe maybe not America, because uh, be honest with you, this this is looking a little dicey, a little sketchy. Which is probably a good transition into what today's episode is about. Because how, how do you cope with this? How do you cope with this madness? Hopefully you're finding some way, some healthy ways to do that. Hopefully you're not turning to self-harm or succumbing to these dark, stressful thoughts. But what is the best way to cope with any of this? Today on the show we're talking about humor we're talking about comedy and tragedy you know in a lot of ways life is both life is a tragedy and a comedy life is a dark comedy because you know you have the realization that you are going to die you're gonna die that's the saddest that's the saddest shit you're gonna die but there's these pockets of beauty within this sadness comedy and tragedy they're so intertwined and i was literally about to say it's funny how these politicians and it's not funny but it's so funny how we even use the word funny it's funny how like right before you're about to tell somebody that they're doing something really messed up like it's, it's kind of funny how you just keep cutting me off you know it's not funny <laughs> it's uh weird even the verbiage um and and the importance of humor we talk about a lot we talk we talk about if it is the best coping mechanism uh, the importance of humor uh, is it a wrong time to make a joke is, is there a too soon you know i i don't know any other way to cope to be honest with you i gotta laugh at this stuff it's ridiculous a shout out to Aristophanes. We didn't get a chance to talk about him, but he was credited as being the father of comedy. So you can look into him. We'll post a little video in the newsletter. Also, as always, Beats by Makile. Make sure you follow him. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on all platforms. And leave a tip in that tip jar if you feel like we deserve it. I'm going to go ahead and end this intro, but don't worry. It's not the end. It's just the beginning of the Evil You Are podcast with host Cody Manawi. I'm your host, Knight, and allow me to begin the program.
spark what? Nah, you ain't smoking no weed, man. We don't do that here. Spark, spark some creativity, man. Spark your mind off. Smoke some thoughts, nigga. Smoke <laughs> some thoughts. That's how you're coming. That makes that's, no sense. That's how you're coming. Smoke how you gonna some... come off a break talking about smoking thoughts, dude? Okay. That's not right. like somebody's fucking Twitter name. <laughs> smoking thoughts. Listen, I apologize for that. If one. your name, if your Twitter name is smoking thoughts, and uh, you hear this episode. Roll up some theories, nigga. All right, let's let's get let's get for real. Let's do it because we've been gone for a while and people might have forgot. So we're gonna give them a quick recap as to what this is, where they are, what exactly we're doing mm. here. If there's any type of confusion, which I understand, if there is, you know, yes, why are you so aggressive? Can I do my thing? And Larry's jumping around and shit. Larry's fine. Can I do my thing? Do your thing. It's- Our podcast with Coast Cody Manawi. I'm your host, Knight, here for another week. Back again. Hello. Hello. After our midterm break. I like that. Midterm break. Midterm break. That is how we spun off our reason for loafing. Mm. Um, that is, and we did it perfectly because it was halfway through the season. It was. And I think that we weren't loafing. I think you had things to do, and we actually literally needed a break. Yeah, we did need a break. I was, and I was even talking about it before it even happened. Right. And we kind of just inevitably just fell into it. It was just like, yeah, okay, break time. If you want to, if you want to know what was happening over the breaks, if you are um, curious about that, then we did a little Instagram live. It'll be there for a little bit, but we're gonna take it down uh, eventually. So. Because I was going to talk about, you know, what we've been doing, but I kind of just want to get to the shits. Can we do that? Yeah, we can get right to the All shits because right. I'm, I'm ready for this topic. All You're right. ready for this topic. Yeah. I, me too. I, when you told me about it, I was like, that's a good one. Today's topic is humor and tragedy Ooh. or comedy and tragedy. Don't however, that jingle and that little... That no. little... I'll give it to you again. Don't worry. Um comedy and tragedy i felt like this was an important topic this is a topic that's definitely near and dear to my heart and i'll tell i'll tell you why you're the funny guy when i was a kid you think i'm a funny guy you are definitely the oh. funny one in this on this Shut podcast up. i'm the <laughs> the I monotone i don't know what i am i think i'm just the dude you're the, the, ba- all the bagels the, you're the bagel I'm, master i'm the bagel master hell yeah bro are you being funny? No, I'm not being funny. I, I'm, <laughs> that's another one of my jokes. Are you fucking playing with like, That's my idea of humor. <laughs> Insulting you in the compliment? No. Yes. No, no, that's what you do. That is what I do. I, that is my idea of humor. But no, I'm not doing that. The reason why this is like near and dear <laughs> to me, though, is like when I was a kid, I won a little thing called, you know, we used to have superlatives. That was kind of like a thing in class. Everybody has those in school. And I won a little thing called class clown. And Ooh. I was I was really I was really proud of being the class clown at the time. Wanted, I always wanted to be the class clown. Really? And, uh, my teachers normally like bullied me out of it. Well, isn't it voted by the students superlatives? Yeah, but I would try. I'm not. I'm too much of a like, uh, too much of goody two shoes right. to like just be resilient and just be the class clown. I mean, and it, honestly, it should be renamed. I I think it should probably be like class asshole. I think that would probably be a little <laughs> bit more, like you know. I mean, I think maybe most likely to be a hindrance to everyone's education. I, I feel like those are probably more accurate. I think uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say, say that. I think, the, I think the class clowns that uh, 
that I've had growing up, they all kind of made school a little less uh, serious, terrible. Um, yeah, <laughs> made school a little less terrible. I think they. I mean, yeah, the best class clowns. They kind of take the piss out of the whole situation. They kind of add a little levity, but um, they're also very disruptive. I'd say, you know, I, I speak for myself. You know, I was always that person who would make that comment. That, you know, maybe people were thinking I really enjoyed being that person that would say the thing that everybody was thinking but would never actually say out loud. I got a kick out of that. Um, But as I got older, I was like, well, the reason why I wanted to be a class clown came from a lot of insecurity. Um, I was I was nervous that I would never be able to catch up um, academically. So I was like, all right, I got to establish myself in some other way. And I just became the funny guy. Like, I I, I take you as a joke. Well, yes. And most people do. That that explains (laughs) a lot. But the idea um, of why to have it as an episode topic is because I've always heard the about the connection of humor and tragedy or or comedy and tragedy Mm -hmm. and i've always kind of had it floating around in my head i've always heard the expression um tragedy plus time equals comedy and i always thought that i knew what that meant but i never really narrowed it down in my head and pinpointed it and thought about it and i thought about it recently i was like Oh, I actually don't know what the fuck that means. Oh, let, me, wow. let me like actually maybe we should turn that into an episode. Yeah, you you actually taught me that that whole comedy plus I mean uh, tragedy plus time, time equals, equals comedy. comedy. You had never heard that? No, I didn't hear it before really? you. And when you told me that, I was like, oh, so I should just wait for this tragedy and, and eventually it'll eventually, be funny. Right, I eventually I just laugh about this. You shit. know, and I did feel like it kind of applied to my life because like things that happened to me like earlier in life or even like just a year ago um something that may have been really like it may traumatic have been at the time traumatic or just devastating uh it may have made me very angry i now just find it kind of funny right like essentially everything is funny in hindsight that's what it's saying and i and i and you know i know our listeners have had a time where Something. Have you ever had an issue or ever had a situation where something was so bad that it's funny? Not even in hindsight, like in the moment. Something is so bad where you just have no choice but to laugh. You're yeah, like, I've had a few fuck, moments like, it like just that. breaks you. I've had I've had a few moments like that, and um, I always love. I, I can. I don't do that often. I don't have those. Well, I feel like I don't respond like that often. Normally, I'm just like, I just try to become stoic and just very like, hmm. oh, it's just emotions. I mean, I'll just get over it. I'll work through it. And I'll just use this emotion as a power to be more productive. Um, yeah, gross. <laughs> um, such a, a fucking modern man thing of me. But um, there are times where things just get so loud. I'm just like, God damn. What, like, why is everything just, just, just fucked up It's right almost now? funny. It's like, it, like, I always find myself like, kind of laughing a little bit like i cannot believe this is how shit is and it always happens when i like look outside of myself and i look at everything that i'm experiencing or everything that's happening and i just kind of look at myself as like i'm watching my own movie i'm just like wow this nigga's going through <laughs> and I, but i'm thinking like why is it funny why what what is funny about that right so i, I feel like we should get into it because it does it is like this connection between comedy and tragedy that's there where they're almost two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, this is shown through literary 
um, works, like play old plays and stuff like that. We'll get into that. But first, listen, man, this is this. You know what we do here. Okay. The first thing I need from you is what? Uh, I don't know. I think I forgot. I need you to read the fucking definitions. The What's fucking co- like definition come on. of which one are we doing? Tragedy? Um, or I got it for first? you right here, to be honest with you. Oh, thanks. You, uh, act like you've never been here before. Okay, so we have comedy. We'll start with comedy. Definition of comedy. Comedy is a genre of fiction that refers to any discourse or work generally intended to be humorous or amusing by inducing laughter, especially in theater, television, film, stand-up, comedy, books, or any other medium of entertainment. Hmm. Let's do the definition of humor. Definition of humor. All Let's right. do that. I mean, I get it. That is like the definition of comedy. But uh, what, what, what is it saying for the definition of humor? Give me a little bit more. So for the definition of humor, we have the quality of being amusing or comic, especially as expressed in lit- literature or speech. And humor is a mood or state of mind. Hmm. Um, What's this other one say? The bottom one says, as a verb, it comply with the wishes of someone in order to keep them content, however unreasonable such wishes may be. Mm. Like, why don't, why don't you humor me for a little bit? Yeah. Uh, like, used in that way. Yeah. I mean, I like those definitions, but I feel like we should probably talk about how it relates to us. Because, yeah, that's all literally true. But humor and comedy, I've, it, 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 I mean, for one, it provokes laughter, which is what the hell is a laugh? An <laughs> involuntary expression. and into, It's a physical thing that takes you over and causes some type of res- physical response think, in your body. I think it's like, like a form of like excitement and, and joy um, that just, it, it's, and it, I think it normally comes suddenly to us when yeah. we hit either a point of, like really It comes in a moment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It becomes in a moment. Like it's normally doesn't happen over a long period of time. Uh when you laugh at something, it's like a sudden ah, ha, 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 mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or it I mean you may have like a chuckle or something, but it's still a, a moment where you're overwhelmed with joy or uh surprise. But even the chuckle, it's like there's a moment of of understanding there's something that happens where some type of dots connect and it makes you laugh it causes a a physical response yeah so it's like it's a spark and i have a little insight into what causes this spark if i may um i found a quote online first of all also i want to talk about this just super quick it says the term humor comes from ancient greeks and it comes from humoral medicine which was taught Uh, which taught the balance of fluids in the human body, known as humors, controlled human health and emotion. So just want to throw that out there because I have no clue what connection that has to humor and comedy in any way. (laughs) And if there's any people who studied this in college, it wasn't me. So please give me a little bit of insight in that. But um, to talk about more about that spark that we're talking about that brings on that involuntary response, I found a quote that says, I think our need to feel intelligent comes into play a lot when finding things funny. Maybe humor is actually the overwhelming joy of feeling intelligent. And I connected to that because I think it is an acknowledgement of intelligence. I've always heard that like humor 
um, is a sign of intelligence. Yeah, they it, say they say when somebody has like a even a a dark sense of humor, it just means it normally they it's associated with a higher IQ. Right. Yeah. And that's partially because it shows that you have an understanding of the rules of reality. Mm. You know, what I mean, you have to have some sort of understanding of reality before you can bend it with like comedy. Right. You know what right, I mean, right. it's it's almost like. When you say you have to have a form of understanding of reality in order to, like, add comedy to it, it's like mm-hmm. a form of mastery of life in a way. Yeah, it is. It's like you you can't. It's always like you have to learn the rules before you can bend them, and I feel like comedy in a lot of ways bends the rules of reality and plays with these things that we all know to be true. And and but do we? Like, yeah. have you ever thought about it like this? You know yeah, what I mean? Like it's it's like, and it makes you laugh because it's like fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's like, like a, it's a surprise or it's a spark of yeah. understanding. And that's why I've always wanted to be funny. Like even mm-hmm. and it's it's weird because I feel like I'm funniest when I don't try, mm-hmm. but when I try to be funny, it's like a weird like force thing. Well, uh, yeah, it's and that's a weird thing too is because we can pick up when people are trying to be funny. Yeah. I think it's also like you can pick up when somebody is trying to sound smart. Right, right, right. You know, I feel like they're kind of connected in that way. For sure. Uh, Another thing that kind of shows that you have to have an understanding of the rules before you can bend them, you know, a lot of comedians, how they tell jokes um, is a lot of diverting audience expectations and misdirections. Mm. So you have to understand. It's almost like a magician. You have to understand a lot before you can like trick somebody, or you can a lot of you know you're talking, and as you're talking, people are have expectations. There's there's a buildup, and there's like they think they know where you're going, and it takes a lot of skill to pull the rug from up under them at that last moment. It was like, it's actually this. And I feel like this also shows a, 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 um, high intelligence, intelligence, right? High social intelligence, other forms of comedy, like sarcasm. That's probably one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. I'm a very, I think sarcastic person, but you have to have an understanding of reality before you can be sarcastic and sarcasm almost depends on uh established truth right we all have to agree that something is something before i can be sarcastic about it right like if i if i go up to somebody and i'm like trump's doing a great job isn't he like i'm being sarcastic but it depends on the truth or the uh perceived established truth that we all kind of think the same thing or we all know the same thing yeah and ironically reality is subjective so right so sometimes you when you're trying to be sarcastic people think you're literally being serious and they think you're an asshole i um i think my favorite type of of comedy it's it's kind of similar to sarcastic uh is satirical Mm, Um, satire yeah satire because I feel well. What what I've learned through studying for this uh, for this episode is that satire or satirical comedy is also known by some people as uh, corrective comedy because it, it's a lot of commentary mm. on the political and uh, social climate of the times of those current times, and so um, corrective comedy. And so it's called corrective comedy because it, it exposes the flaws. Um, and the and, hypocrisy and the hypocrisy um, in our society and in our politics and in our social constructs and allows us to see 
um, the absurdity within it. And so I think, yeah. obviously, because of this podcast, you know that I'm very into like social nuances and mm-hmm. psychology and philosophy and all those things. So satirical comedy is just like I love it. Yeah, like, just, and, though, and then how the it, you know the more artsy they get with it, and the more you can kind of see the metaphor behind what they're doing, the more it's like yes, it's like this is exactly what's going on. Yeah, it's more it's funnier because yeah, it's, it's just like damn, they got it right. Like and it's just like I I totally understand. You know, what it's I mean? hilarious because like now we're talking about kind of the even more. I, I don't want to say important, but the more kind of resonant effects of what comedy and humor can do, like mm. these, these, the fact that it can expose truth and blind spots in the way that we live in a new way and actually like shift perspective on concepts that people have been believing for a long time. You right. might define yourself by a concept and you hear somebody uh, put a spin on it or you see a satire that actually shifts your entire perspective on something and i think that's like that music and comedy are like two things i feel like can really change your perspective i on think something. they've changed your perspective for on. sure i mean i'm not saying i'm not saying that it's, they're not <laughs> you powerful, boy but <laughs> out of all people no but i think that is something that's very resonant with you um on those two things hmm. and i mean personally i i also agree i kind of define myself by those two things i believe yeah, yeah. yeah for sure i think another but then like there comes the the part where it starts to shift to i won't say shift to tragedy but um things can become tragic or things are just not funny um when um this comedy exposes something that we're not ready for or that we don't want to see and that's when things aren't so funny or that's when these surprises or these understandings mm. of things uh aren't so funny and they and they're more of a, a tragic thing mm. yeah i i've um one thing I think is also special about comedy is the fact that you can make fun of essentially anybody. And it's even better when you make fun of everybody because it exposes new truths about the reality. It, it, it illustrates a deeper truth about humanity mm-hmm. when you can talk about Democrats and Republicans equally. And you can you can really level the playing field and have people understand that some parts of these ways of thinking are actually stupid and it takes like a satire it takes a joke and this is something i feel like uh snl does really well i was watching it like you know um sometimes i feel like they fall off but their some of their political commentary and their political satire is really genius and it's really spot on Mm -hmm. um I was also watching this movie recently, right? I've been complaining a lot about movies. I was complaining about the I'm Thinking of Ending Things movie on Netflix prior to this. Yeah. Uh, I was really shitting on it. Yeah. It's a horrible movie. Don't watch it. I was, <laughs> But I was watching another movie called The Hunt, and this was a, a satire. It was um, pretty much the premise was like 12 strangers. They wake up in like this field, and they don't know where they are, and they don't know how they got there. And they all know about this internet conspiracy where a bunch of like elitist, like one percenters all get together and they hunt common folk like and just like kill them all like as sport. And it had a lot of like satirical social undertones of like 
it, it, it just exposed a lot of hypocrisy and people who, who say that they're woke. It exposed a lot of like hypocrisy in our structure of of our government and stuff. It was it was a very interesting movie. I wouldn't say it was like the best movie. It definitely had like plot holes. It was definitely like kind of slapstick and gory at times. But I the the messages behind it and the layers to it, I really felt resonated with me. Also movies like The Purge and stuff like that that are yeah. satires. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like they resonate with people in a new way and kind of shift perspective. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think uh The Purge is like a satirical tragedy. Oh uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, like for sure. Have you have you watched any of the Purge movies? I I used to have a Purge poster in my room. That was your shit. I, I I mean I just thought the poster was cool, but yes I've seen I've de- I've seen both purges and they I seen when I used to work at Escape um, Escape Theaters and Brandywine, um, I watched Stamp okay yeah, I had to stamp they it. ain't sponsoring us so don't spend too much time on them but I mean, they're, prob- they're probably out of business but uh, <laughs> for sure uh, <laughs> but yeah I watched the purge in there and I always thought. It was kind of a. I didn't think it was funny, but it was amusing for sure. Yeah. Uh, in the sense where I was just like, "Damn, what if this shit really happened?" And I feel like it. It's just it exposes that like, you know, people do think to this extent, right? And we actually do feel a weird need for this, right? It, it's that's why I said it like puts you in a state of mind that's like, is this something that we're feeling? Like, yeah, this is a part of me that had. There's a part of me that does think about this yeah. you know and i love comedy like that because it's literally an expansion of perspective i, I, I feel like if that. somebody just took the purge and just changed the the scoring for it they could it would literally look like a comedy i think also the fact that a comedian we're talking about the ability to talk about both sides about something and I think it's interesting how some comedians in their jokes will take the side of the villain, which causes like the audience to almost be empathetic towards somebody who they otherwise would be against. And the best comedians can kind of do this while simultaneously not letting the villain off the hook. And I feel like that's like the best comedians can ride that line, but it it's literally like exposed exposing the entire like exposing all the layers to reality like exposing wow. how we understand things to be true you know in, in preparation will you stop playing with your mic am i boring you no i was i was reading tragedy oh okay just just checking bro all right <laughs> but no i watched this uh in in preparation for this episode i was watching a lot of like comedy specials and just like hearing kind of like how comedians set up jokes and like the whole diversion of expectation like I was talking about and I was watching a Bill Burr special and he kind of illustrates the thing that I was just talking about how he kind of takes the side of the villain or he'll just straight up like attack the hero which I feel like is this pretty much the same thing like you take the side of the villain yeah. or attack the person that everybody sees as the the hero and in this joke he was talking about how he has this resentment for God <laughs> like straight up uh, a resentment the number one hero <laughs> exactly and uh, and all of the uh, judgment that's supposed to happen after death and he was talking about like you know how do you make something like prostitutes how do you make me bad at math how do you make my head so big and yet at the end of my life you judge me when i fuck up it's like it doesn't make sense to judge something that you created you you made me he's like if i if i made a car 
and it didn't work properly, I wouldn't burn it and fucking send it to hell. I would try to <laughs> troubleshoot. Maybe it's the engine. Like I just thought that shit was so funny. And I was like, that's something that a lot of people think. And of course, like with Christianity, there's all types of like, there's certain contradictions that people don't agree with. But that overall, the judgment, the afterlife judgment that you're supposed to experience, you know, that there's a contradiction in that and that's yeah. exposing that contradiction. Yes, like, yes, yes. I, 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 yeah. And so when you're talking about like how to deal with these trauma, how to deal with the tragedy, like I was saying, maybe prior to the podcast, they tell you not to use humor to deal with tragedy. Yeah. And, and I, I, I never understood that. No, I mean, I... I try, I never wanted to do that, but I also found myself having to do that at a certain point hmm. because things were it, it didn't feel I didn't feel like I had any other choice. Maybe they maybe they mean like you're not you shouldn't have to feel like you have to make a joke about everything. Like hmm. if you do as a result that's fine. But what were people telling you? Well, so when I was so when I first got adopted, um I had to do these mandatory therapies and um i would always laugh a lot in the therapies i wasn't really being honest in the therapies i would kind of bullshit a little bit um i wasn't being as vulnerable as i should have but i would always kind of make jokes and laugh and she would always say you you do that a lot you 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 it's almost seeming like you're you're doing that to kind of curve how you really feel about it mm-hmm. and looking back maybe in hindsight i was mm-hmm. but I kind of took that personally because I'm like, well, how else are you supposed to deal with this shit, lady? Like, am I, you know, I'm not, I'm, there's other ways to handle it, but, you know, are there ways that are more beneficial than something that causes you to, like, laugh? Laughing is a stress reliever. Like, I never really understood why people said that because I've heard that other places. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know why the fuck she would tell you that because of, um, you know, what you've been through if you were... Um, you know, if you were talking to somebody about it and you felt like you needed to laugh about these things, then that should be a clear indicator that you've been through a tragedy. And I like to, for there's so many good things about laughing, like yeah, in terms of your biochemistry, in terms of uh your psychology, everything that happens with laughing, um, is, is something that is beneficial to us, and so I think it's I think it's kind of absurd to say that we shouldn't we shouldn't laugh about about things that are tragedies. I mean, of course, there is an appropriate time for everything but at this but like unless you're laughing at somebody else's tragedy right if you're laughing because somebody got stabbed in the neck then it's like okay you're you're dealing with this a little weird but if we're not supposed to deal with tragedy uh using humor then what is satire because satire is almost a form of comedy that works through real life events yeah i i I mean okay let's Get the definition of tragedy before we. Oh, yeah. you looked that up. I already have Give it. me that. Uh, so a tragedy is an event causing great suffering, destruction, and distress, such as a serious accident, crime, or natural catastrophe. Mm. Catastrophe. Catastrophe. Um, um, so, so the election. But continue. Yes, the catastrophe, America. <laughs> um, so I believe that. Um, well, from what I've read and just off of living life, um, it's a coping mechanism at, at one extent, but 
to go even further, laughing can be a survival mechanism because sometimes these tragedies are like so traumatic or maybe just like an event is just so traumatic to you at that moment or such a tragedy to you at that moment that your body needs, it's almost just like Mm, gasping. Yeah, Yeah, it, it needs to let go of some of some of what's happening so it like builds up builds up let's go of some of that stress and 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 that pressure by way of laughing and what what happens when you laugh is it lets all those uh neural uh like those uh neural messengers out into your body you're smiling so your body um releases Mm. a little bit and it tells you that this this moment isn't as threatening Mm. as it needs to be and by way of doing that it also lets you release the 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 aggression that you may feel or the rage that you may feel from what's going on and and allows you to release those negative emotions and embody uh more positive emotions yeah i think that's it right there it's like it's it's poking the hole like we were talking about that that moment of kind of insight that that spark sometimes that spark can be poking a hole in that air bubble of pressure that builds up inside of you Mm -hmm. it it relieves that and it's kind of like it's kind of like just saying we're okay yeah. Like we all see this, it's funny. This is funny, yeah. <laughs> and, and then we're good. It's almost like a, it's a, it's a new level of acceptance of, yeah, of the reality that we're living within. And I, and I think it's, I think some people may may argue against uh, using laughter because they think that you're not accepting what's what's going on or what's happening, or you may not be taking it serious. Which uh, it's it's valid to think that somebody who is always laughing about uh, what's going on is it, it's, it's valid to think or to suspect that they're not taking it serious. Yeah. Um. But I think that is that should be determined by uh, that person or maybe their therapist. Um, mm. Whether they're actually taking this situation serious or not, whether they're actually looking at it for what it is. Um, but in the meantime, I think it's a great coping mechanism and, in some very serious situations, um, it's, it can be the first beacon of light that somebody, uh, may feel in a long time and, and it may just need, it needs to happen at times. Cause you, you, you had a post recently, I believe, um, that Tyra, uh, reposted one of our amazing, uh, listeners, um, and it was about stress and I think it was oh, yeah, the from, idea of stress actually makes it affect you even worse. Yeah. Like if you hadn't, if you had the idea that stress was positive, it actually might become like positive for you. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the power of perception. Right. right. So it's it pretty much it's from it's from Tony Robbins and his book. It's actually a finance book, which is kind of funny. Um, but the basically what he says is the bottom line is science has now proven that how you think about stress matters. The story you attach to stress um, is what matters. Telling yourself stress is a good thing for you instead of harmful can mean the difference between a stress induced heart attack at 50 or living well into your 90s. Mm. And so, and so it's that difference between comedy and, and tragedy that may make that difference uh, in your life between how you look at your life. Yeah, and your how, perception yeah, of Yeah, and how you view reality. Um, if you look at everything that happens in life as funny, I think you would have 
a uh, a more joyful experience of it than uh, if you look at it as a tragedy. And uh, just to be my own antithesis, or I guess the devil's advocate, or not the devil's advocate in this case, but um, mm-hmm. to play the other side of to it. play the other side of it, people think like I said, you may not be taking something serious. You may take something more lightly um, if you are looking at it from a humorous. Uh, standpoint and because we tend to take things that are uh, tragic more serious Um, but I think at times uh, tragedy can be so serious that it can be deliberating and it can and can cause you to spiral into hopelessness which um, encourages inactivity and I think humor allows us to be in a lighter mood in a better state which uh, can encourage uh, us to be active yeah like gauge the situation. You, it might be unnecessarily serious. Mm. Like you might reach a point where you realize that you're doubling down on the feelings of stress and tragedy. And how do you see your life? Do you see your life as a, a, a comedy or a tragedy? Like really think about that. Like and and each moment where you're experiencing these high levels of stress, think about the other side of it. Try to picture yourself. Try to use this comedy plus time equals tragedy and imagine yourself. Tragedy plus time. What did I say? You said comedy plus time. God damn it. Uh, this, this is where we're approaching the tail end of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> think about your future self in the moment that you're in now. And if what you can get from that, of course, is yes. going to be difficult to do. And of course, you shouldn't always try to think in the future you should definitely allow yourself to feel your feelings but also think about have that other voice that's thinking about okay but how am i perceiving these things yeah and 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 think about and and the article i read um while doing research for this podcast, and I thought it was very interesting, but it was you said art- that for us the second time. We know you did research for the podcast. We know you don't normally do research for the podcast. Thank you for doing research for the podcast, Coast Cody. Now we continue. That hurt my feelings, um, but it was written by a guy named Ryan Fan, and I think he did a great job for his article. But he used the example of a, a woman who recently had to bury her own child, and at the funeral, um, she had her first moment of laughter, and it was because her husband was trying to uh, sing at the funeral, and she thought that he was doing an absolutely horrible job. Um, as singing and so she says that she laughed uncontrollably at her infant daughter's funeral after hearing her husband trying to sing describing the singing as the poorest display of tone deaf screeching she's ever been subjected to (laughs) (laughs) and so she was saying that um it, it wasn't coming from a heartless place but you know, this is the heavy one of the yeah. heaviest days that will ever be in her life. Ever. And she said it was just a moment of laughter allowed her to momentarily forget her yeah. sorrow and the heavy burden that she was carrying was actually lifted through that moment of laughter. Yeah, and for it was a moment. Yeah, and and I think it's important because a lot a lot of us are experiencing tragedy right now, um, whether you know right now in this pandemic or later in the future when you're listening back to this. Uh, you may be experiencing some form of tragedy, and it may be a personal tragedy. It may not be big to anybody else, but you and your life 
you're going through something really, really hard and you need to laugh about it. And it's okay to laugh about it. It's okay to not take yourself so serious for a moment. Because when you allow yourself to let go of that seriousness, um, you allow yourself to live a little. You You allow yourself to be human. And, and, and we need to remember that we're human. We need to laugh at ourselves, to laugh at life, to life, laugh at reality, um, of course, in an appropriate time because you don't want to I was going to ask you, do, is there, because that was going to be like my final point, is there too soon for a joke? It's never too soon for you. For, for, for your personal oh, for your personal self if you think it's funny in yourself and you need that in order to get through or get to the next moment then it's okay to laugh with yourself um, too soon it it, mm. it really depends on uh, how that person uh, is experiencing that situation um, some people because some comedy is just straight up offensive I, I heard a joke the other day of this guy who was a, a doctor and he was also a comedian. Um, and he told this joke. He, he was talking about how people always give credit to um, God whenever they do, whenever they get through a surgery. And he was like, they always give credit to Jesus. I mean, um, when they get through a surgery. And he was like, why don't they ever give credit to the doctor? He was like, Jesus would be a terrible surgeon. He had holes in his hands. <laughs> and he was like, and he fucking did the whole thing of Jesus with a scalpel and it falling through the hole in his hands. And I was like, whoa, like, oh this is like offensive. And I was like, but you can't say too soon because it's fucking Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, the, the thing is, is that you use... Uh, humor to make light of a serious situation and uh, some people take certain things uh, more serious than others. And does that mean you want to be in that serious... Mo- like if, if you're laughing, if, if somebody tells a joke and they're making fun of a serious situation and you refuse to laugh even if other people are laughing, does that mean that you actually want to be in that emotion? Like you want to be upset? You want to be you know, in that stressful state? Well, I think it's because we you take that situation serious and you take it as something that is threatening to you. You take and and that's what laughing does. It it, it reminds you, it reminds your body and your physiology that um what you're dealing with with isn't threatening. Mm. Um or it, it's it's not jeopardizing uh your safety or comfort. And so if you laugh about something that somebody may find threatening to their safety or their comfort, um they are will easily be offended. Right. And so um you know, if a if a white person makes a, a Black Lives Matter joke, um the whole situation behind Black Lives Matter and and police brutality um, it's threatening to black people. Yeah, and it's but, not that isn't funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if that isn't funny, and this is a white guy making a joke about it. He doesn't have to deal with the threatening nature of um, police brutality, and so it's offensive for a white person uh, to make a joke about Black Lives Matter because they don't have to deal. They don't have to deal with that reality. And so right, like cops, cops killing unarmed black people isn't funny, but. It is funny for somebody to be so bad at their job, like taking an angle of like there's truth and there's comedy in the tragedy of it. Right, right, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, and if if, if if like a white person makes a joke about white uh, like 
police being so bad at their job, that's fine. If he makes a joke about black people dying, yeah, it's like, all right, that's offensive. You're a white dude. Yeah, there is a you can yeah you can technically say whatever you want. Yeah, you can like the joke you're saying might actually be kind of funny, but you don't have to deal with the reality that you're joking about. Hmm. And if if it was a black person making the joke, yeah, it would be more funny because he has to deal with that. But reality. isn't it a comedian's job to live kind of on the fringe of reality? They're supposed to ride that line, like yeah. But that the thing is, is like you're not living in reality at that point, hmm. like because you don't you you don't live in that reality. Yeah. At the end of the day, you don't. I mean, like, if you joked about, like, oh, shit, like, next they're going to be killing white dudes. Like, yeah. that, like, like that may be funny. That is funny. <laughs> that was funny? You said you weren't funny, man. Oh, man, I'm getting good. Shout out to you. That was funny. That's what I get for hanging out with you. Listen, man, we're going to end this goddamn podcast because I think we came back pretty strong on their ass. And we got a few more episodes in season two. We're going to get... Real heavy. Oh, okay, yeah. we're, we're gonna we're, go in. Yeah, it's it's winter time, so yeah, they need these pods in yeah, the winter. Yeah, bro. We, we're gonna keep you nice and warm. Yeah, get by the fireplace, pull up a nice little turn little up blanky, turn up the volume. You heard? Hear the rumbles in my voice. Now, can you um, can you do something Touch for yourself. me personally? Huh? Can you do a few things for me? First, take your goddamn foot off of my tray. Second of all, I need you to tell the people what they can do for us. What you can do for us is follow us on instagram twitter and subscribe to us on youtube um make sure you double tap all of our posts you repost them on your story you retweet our tweets and you give a thumbs up to our video posts um make sure you also go onto our website evilwegrower.com sign up for our mailing list check out our about page learn a little bit about us and i think that's it I felt like the plugs were short today. That's not bad. You're doing, you're doing good. You're doing good. I hope everybody feels good. I hope you can find that comedic spin. And, and if you want, maybe in the idea box, tell us about a time where you dealt with tragedy with comedy. I would really like to hear that. Till next time. I forgot. If you, um, if you are feeling so charitable, uh, please leave us a donation. We are paying oh. everything out of pocket. Okay, I, I like that. I'm glad you added that. Yeah, um, because, you know, those go a long way and they help us get by. We are upgrading our equipment before the end of this season, and we are going to be putting together some cool goodies for you guys. So, cool little goodies. Any help is going a long way. All right, we're getting out of here. Peace, people. Love, positivity. We out. Yeah. Live, laugh, love. Hello, this episode of the Evil Ego Hour podcast is brought to you by Phony. Recent studies show that 9 out of 10 Americans are paying way too much for their cell phone service. Companies like AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile charge their customers high rates simply because there's no other options. And why should you pay for service anyway? Isn't connection a basic human right? Shouldn't the ability to communicate with your friends and family be completely free? We sure think so. Introducing Phony. Phony is the only cell phone carrier that provides unlimited talk and text for absolutely free. That's right, absolutely free. At Phony, we use state-of-the-art technology to simply borrow service from other cell phone towers in the nearby area. And the best part is you don't have to pay because we're just borrowing it. 
We give the service back as soon as the call is complete or the message has been sent. Simple as that. Sign up for Phony today, and if you're not satisfied with the service after the first 30 days, there's a 100% money-back guarantee. Phony is the future. The future is Phony.